0: I'm a covenant man, I'm a covenant man, living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man, I'm a covenant man, committed to Him in everything I do. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Weeder, and today I'm going to be sharing with you about uh, something that God's been working on with me for the past couple days. Um, You know, I, I just got a new Bible and a new translation, I'm really enjoying it. Um, but you know, as I was reading through it, you know, nothing was really striking me, and and I came to God and I said, God, what do you want me to read? What do you want me to learn? Um, and He told me to uh, uh, to to look at the early church, because nowadays there are so many Christians that are just that just lazy, spineless, and lazy, lukewarm for God, and you couldn't say that about the early church. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say you could say. A lot of things about the early church, but they were on fire for God. They knew what they believed; they stood on it. And so I started thinking. So, so he started working with me about things that we could learn and implement from the early church. And so I started, I started reading in Acts. You know, that's where the church started. Was this, in fact, if I remember right, it actually says, "Yeah, the Acts of the Apostles." This is the Acts of the church, from them obtaining the Holy Spirit, the birthing of the church in their their acts as the first church. And so today I want to start in Acts chapter 3. Verse 1 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple for the hour of prayer, 3 o'clock, and just then some men were carrying their one who had been lame from his birth, whom they were accustomed to place every day close to the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, to beg from the people as they went in seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. First of all, Peter and John, the man who walked on water, and the beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the disciple that people couldn't kill. They had to exile him. These two apostles, these two disciples, are walking into the temple, the Jewish temple. Now, they may not have known why they were going in, but I'm pretty sure they weren't going in to sit around and make friends. I mean, these two uh, these two men, these two very loud and brash men. I mean, John was called the son of thunder. And Peter, who had a habit of running his mouth. You know, they were going into the temple, most likely at the guiding of the Holy Spirit. They may not have known why they were going in, but they knew something was about to go down. Because <laughs> they knew, they knew... You know, Jesus walked into the temple and chased people out with whips. I'm sure they were fully prepared to go in there and chase some people out with whips if they needed to. But as they were walking in, there was a lame man sitting outside the beautiful gate, and and this man asked them for alms. Peter fixing his eyes on them as John did also, and said, "Look at us." So he looked and waited, expecting to receive something from them. I have no silver or gold, Peter said, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. Then taking his hand, Peter lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. Leaping up, he stood upright and began to walk. Then went into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Right there, I want to pause right there. Look at what Peter did. And think about, how many Christians do you know that would truly do that? They would look at a man... Lame from birth, ankles, feet, and legs all gnarled and twisted up. And saying, in the name of Jesus, walk. Just that. No no hour-long prayer. No laying on of hands saying, Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. We know it be your will. We know it's your will, Lord. Lord, we come before you. There was none of that. He just said, in the name of Jesus, walk. That's all he said. And... He grabbed the man's hand and yanked him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. Immediately he was healed. This is a perfect example of putting actions to your faith. You know, faith without works is dead. And this is works with faith. He grabbed this man and lifted him, he acted upon what he knew was true. And it came to pass whatever you say believe you receive and it shall be and that is the boldness that we should have this is the boldness of the early church and we lost that along the way i mean these men were being imprisoned and killed for their beliefs and yet they still did this and now we are the most we are the most numbered religion we we are the most popular religion in the world widely accepted the most ac- the most persecution we'll get is someone saying nasty things about us and we can't find the courage to just walk up to a homeless person and pray for them and it's sad and when god tells you to go pray for someone you do it with boldness and we can't even we can't even find the courage to talk to someone and say hey jesus loves you because god told you to do it And then we get to the part where this man is leaping up, standing upright, walking and leaping and praising God as they go into the temple. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognizing him as the man who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. They were filled with awe and amazement at what had happened to him. While he still clung to Peter and John, the people awestruck ran up. Crowded round them in what was known as Solomon's portico. Peter, seeing this, spoke to the people. He said, this is this, this, this next part, this, this uh, kind of sermon from Peter makes me laugh. Because he starts off, Israelites, he said, Why do you wonder at this? Or why gaze at us as though by any power of piety of our own we, a, we had enabled him to walk? That's so great. Because that that's exactly what would happen nowadays. You know, if you prayed over a man who everybody in your town knew was, let's, let's say, had, had a, had a, was in a wheelchair. You prayed, yanked him up, and he no longer needed that wheelchair. Everyone in that town would be crowded around going, what did you do? How, how did you do this for him? And he goes, why is, this a, why is this a surprise to you? As if I did this. No, God did this. And he used this miracle to speak boldly in the temple about Jesus Christ, about a man that they had put up to be crucified. And he continues, he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our forefathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to let him go. So not only is he using this this miracle, that they did through the power of Jesus to minister in the midst of the temple about Jesus. But he says at Point Blake, he says, God, the God of your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, had exalted Jesus, and you killed him. <laughs> I mean, just, just in the temple, walking up into the temple, having just healed a man through Jesus' name, and with the boldness of Christ saying, You killed Jesus. Just the shock of that. That's the kind of boldness that Christians are lacking. That's the kind of boldness that we should have. That's, I mean, it's the foundation. I mean, this is the foundation of the first church, is speaking in boldness, working uh, in miracles through Christ Jesus. Using that as a ministry opportunity, and and he just continues speaking, and ministering to these people and then they're brought before the Sanhedrin they're brought before the religious Council nowadays it would almost be like the Pope and his Cardinals the Pope and his Cardinals but for the for the Jewish people in the temple and they say whose name do you speak by and he continued and he says if you're asking who I, by whose name I healed this man Jesus Christ who you killed and again he just right right at the religious leaders, essentially right at the Pope. Can you imagine if, if somebody walked in to the Vatican, walked straight up to the Pope, and said, you are wrong. You have done this just completely wrong. You have offered up and blasphemed Jesus. And this is the proof of it. It just said it, just in the Vatican, to his face, the uproar throughout the world that would happen. And not only that, the Bible says that they couldn't refute the healing. They couldn't, they couldn't refute the teachings, and, and they, they, basically, they basically go, listen, 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 listen. I know what you're saying is true, but can you just like not do that? Can you just like not speak about Jesus? Because like, I mean, we, our positions are at stake here, man. They knew, and you see and and you see the two different reactions when you walk in that truth and the light that we should be, and it's some people will crowd and they want more of that truth and light, but then others will attack you for being that truth and the light. These early christians these early Christians were just being slaughtered, they were being Attacked, killed, and imprisoned, and yet they stood up and spoke boldly and with authority. And we as Christians now, 2,000 years later, we, this, we, we should be building upon this, not losing ground. This boldness should have stayed with us And just grown in strength and authority and power over these 2,000 years. It shouldn't have come to the point where we as Christians are just trying to survive, so to speak. We shouldn't be just minding our own business. We shouldn't be just keeping our head down, saying, saying to ourselves, just hoping nobody finds out that we're Christians. Hoping that we can get through without any confrontation. Well, guess what? This is a world of darkness, It is, and we are the lights. We were the light set upon a candlestick that shouldn't be put under a bushel. That's what Peter and John were here. They walked into that temple as the light. They walked in with authority and boldness, having just healed a man at their front gate, bringing him in and saying, Jesus did this, the man whom you killed, (laughs) pointing the finger at them not sugarcoating anything, and just telling the truth, being the light. And instead of building upon this wonderful foundation, we've become lukewarm Christians. We've become Christians that we're not you know, we don't know we don't know if we if we can really go up and tell him, What if God didn't tell us to go pray for that man? So what? Worst case scenario, you you pray for that man, nothing happens, you miss you you didn't hear God, you missed it. You planted a seed in that man's heart, saying, does God really care about me? Does God really want people praying for me? Does God really want me well? You planted a seed. And it's just, it bothers me so much. And it bothers God to see how Christians have come from just yanking a man up who had his legs and feet twisted up under him, not being able to walk from birth, Yanking a man up in the name of Jesus, healing him through the power God's given him. To just wimpy Christians. Christians who hope they don't get found out as Christians. Christians who aren't willing to go pray for anyone. Christians who aren't willing to tell people about Jesus. Peter healed a man, walked into the middle of the temple, and gave a sermon gave a servant about Jesus in the middle of an opposing religion. At the time, their biggest accusers. This would be the equivalent of walking into the middle of the Dome of the Rock. Walking into the middle of the mosque after just healing someone outside their front gate in the name of Jesus and saying, Jesus did this. You're wrong. Come to the light. And that is exactly what they did. And that's the kind of Boldness that we should have, and we don't. This is the early church. This is these are the lessons that we can learn from them, and these are what we should do. I mean, if if you just take this in a practical example, even, I mean, just just in a practical example, in that of, of prayer, for instance. Peter walked up to the man. He didn't. he didn't lay hands and say, Father, we know it's your will. Your word says this, 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 and this. Just quote like a dozen scriptures and say, God, heal this man. And then stop and go, do you feel healed? No, no, you don't, you don't feel healed? Oh, well, well, let's keep standing. Lord, we know you want this he didn't. He didn't go back and forth. He didn't pray until he saw it. He had already seen it through faith on the inside of him. He declared it over that man. In the name of Jesus, walk. Grabbed the man, yanked him up, put ashes to his faith, and it was done. Yeah, Peter messed up. I actually heard this. Yeah, Peter messed up, but how many of you walked on water? Yeah, Peter messed up. How many of you walked up to a lame man, lame from birth, said, walk, and yanked him up? How many of you have done things like that? As for John, how many of you have been thrown into a pot of boiling oil to simply step out and continue going on? How many of you have walked through the midst of your enemies? That's the authority, power, and power, and boldness that we should be walking in today. It's been 2,000 years. We should be growing in that, not shrinking in it. So today I want to encourage you to be bold, be that light, Regardless of what people might say or think. And to walk in the authority and power that you should have. I mean, the early church, the early church had it. They were just filled with the Holy Spirit. The first thing they did was they went to the temple to minister. And that's what we should be doing. We should be ministering to people through the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And not cowering in fear from public opinion. So go out, be bold, and minister to somebody. Pray for somebody. And do it. And you have a blessed day.